Hello, and thank you for joining us on Conquering Chaos and Mayhem. I'm today's moderator, Breck Lover. It's my pleasure to introduce the host of Conquering Chaos and Mayhem, Daryl Cully. Daryl, how are you today? I'm doing awesome, Brett. How are you? I'm fantastic. Glad to hear it. Now, you're going to like the guest we've got lined up today, Daryl. He's an emergency response advisor, mentor, leader, former emergency preparedness manager, a police sergeant at one time, and occasionally a fire chief. Larry Broussard, welcome to Conquering Chaos and Mayhem. Good morning. Good morning. Now, all right, Larry, I know Daryl has plenty to pick your brain about, so we're just going to sit back and enjoy this conversation. Daryl, the floor is yours. Glad to have you join us. Um, you know, Larry, you you have a reputation that precedes you. Um, it's known across Ontario uh, and as well as, as other provinces. And one of the things that uh, you are known for, have a reputation for, um, is mentoring. Mentoring fire chiefs, um, new fire chiefs, fire chiefs that have have got some experience but uh, want to move their career forward. Um, mentor, we have a lot of new fire chiefs coming into the the industry today. Um, what drives you about the the mentoring process? I think it's probably my own experience. You know, um, I have a a lengthy fire service career. Uh, but not once until I got the white helmet did I ever think about becoming a chief. I, I honestly was not focused on on that part. I was having uh, just a great time in the operations uh, area of things, getting things done and doing things. And so turning to the chief's role was something I hadn't, hadn't ever really considered until one day I got tapped on the shoulder and said, hey, I, I, a good friend of mine tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, I want you to come on board as at that point, a deputy chief. And uh, I, I was shocked, to be honest with you. And I think I was totally unprepared for it. But uh, I think that's what drives me is, is that I see a lot of new chiefs coming on board within the fire services across Ontario. And uh, the, the, the chiefdom is thrust upon them, again, without a lot of perhaps formal education or mentoring. And so it's important for me to, to connect with those chiefs and, and talk about my experiences, the scars that I have, if you will, and uh, hopefully they can learn from it because learning the hard way is, is a good way to learn, but it, it's painful sometimes. So we try and ease that pain by sharing some of the experiences that I have, and that's working out quite well in, in many cases. So, well, What's one of the key areas that new and, um, you know, chiefs that are just getting into the their role, their leadership role, what's one of the, the biggest challenges that they face today? Well, I think they, um, what my experience is, is that where a lot of chiefs stumble is with the communications piece. Um, they're in, they, they find themselves all of a sudden in charge of a, an organization that consists of many different people with many different thoughts and backgrounds and so on. Fire sources are becoming more and more diverse every day. And so, in especially smaller departments, chiefs very quickly get immersed in the minutia, uh, looking after all of the details that they have to look after, from budgeting to staffing to recruiting to retention to, to specking trucks. There is an awful lot for a chief in a small department to do. And they get, I think they get lost in that sometimes and forget about the other people in the organization and how important it is to communicate directly with them and, and share information about the organization. First of all, I think they have to sh 
share their vision for the organization uh, so that others can see um, where the organization is going, share that widely and get some buy-in to it, and, and then continue to share throughout their time. Um, where I find conflict arises is when people don't understand well, where the department is going for one reason or another. And in some cases, it's because the chief hasn't had the time to share that. So I focus a lot on communication skills and making sure that, that um, that's done well through a variety of different avenues. And uh, every fire department's different, but every fire department has opportunities to share information. And sometimes we don't always pick up on that. So communication, obviously, I mean, that's, that's the big one, right? The firefighters want to be heard. Um, the officers want to be heard. Uh, and, and of course, now they've stepped into the role as being chief. They've got a whole new group that they have to communicate to, which is the council and the CAO. Um, what are some of the challenges that a, a chief faces now that they've got a council to, to directly report to? Well, um, in Ontario, it's becoming more and more commonplace for fire chiefs to become further removed from council. You see this happening in a lot of different places um, where in the past, almost always, the fire chief sat at every council meeting and was there to speak on fire service issues. Uh, typically, what we see happening now in some, certainly some larger areas and some smaller areas as well, is that there's another level put between the fire chief and council, and it's typically a general manager or someone of that nature. And that removes the fire chief from the day-to-day -day, uh, contact with council, and that's, in my view, not a healthy thing for the organizations. Um, the fire chiefs need to have that direct relationship with council. Um, they have to be the honest uh, voice of the fire service. And, and let's face it, the fire service is a big chunk of any business uh, in, within the town. Um, fire services uh, are a cost-centric organization. We provide a service to the public, and that service is expensive. And sometimes councils don't always understand the nuances. And that's where the fire chief has to step up and fill those blanks in for the, for the members of council so that they understand why, for example, in this day and age, we're seeing fire trucks that take two years to deliver and cost over a million dollars for a, a simple truck. And, and, and councils don't often understand all the pieces that are behind that. So it's important that the fire chief establish those relationships with each member of council so that they know that they can rely on, rely on him or her as the trusted advisor for that municipality. Very critical. So let me ask you, so in a way, kind of going around uh, around the, the maybe the direct line chain of command that they're assigned if they have a general manager or a commissioner to report to, is how does the fire chief then um, get the message to the people that are making those decisions? And you mentioned the costs. Um, but there's other things coming down the road, like certification and, um, you know, this mandatory certification where every firefighter is going to have to write a provincial exam um, to demonstrate, you know, their, their capabilities. Um, how does the, the chief maybe ensure that he, his or her message gets directly to council? So I think there are two strategies that are important for every fire chief to grasp onto. The first is to be accessible to, to members of council. 
And if the fire chief isn't at every council meeting, it's important that, that they be at community events where council members are present. The fall fairs at this time of year are tremendous uh, venues uh, for getting out and meeting the public. Well, councils also visit those fall fairs, and it's important for, for fire chiefs to be there as well, to be seen and to be accessible for those casual conversations that can occur at the back step of the pumper example that's on that's on display at a fall fair. So it's very important that the fire chief be accessible. The second thing I think they have to do is be proactive. A lot of fire chiefs will wait till something happens and then react to it and, and, and then put a report before council. I think it's critically important that the fire chief be proactive with his messaging to council and get reports and not flood council with them, but get reports to them proactively about the community emergency management program or the recruiting effort that's going on this year. Whatever the topic is, be proactive about getting that message in front of council. Even if you don't always get to be there and present an, an issue, perhaps the, the, the subject might be simply tabled as, as one of those reports that just gets accepted without being tabled. It's important to get that messaging in front of council, whether it's in person or in writing, but be proactive about that. It can't be a passive thing. Uh, being a fire chief is a very active endeavor and you have to be proactive about pretty much all aspects of what you're doing. So, so that communication, both up the chain and down the chain, is has got to be the the priority of every day, right? When they when they start the shift, and, and you're right in the fact that uh, fire chiefs tend to respond to things. They respond to calls, right? So as they've gone up the ranks, when they, you know, when they'd be needed is when the call comes in. So it it's a change from a response type of. Um, focus to you know exactly that that proactive proactiveness. It's true, you know, and 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 I'm fortunate to have had a police career as well. I spent 20 years in policing, and I and I tip my hat to the police because they are so proactive in all of their messaging. They seem to be in, out in front of every issue, and the police agencies do it extremely well. So there are lessons to be learned from our from our partner agencies. And, and the ability for police to get on top of an issue quickly is, is just really remarkable. And so the fire service can learn a lesson or two from, from watching our allied agencies in that respect. And, and of course, then the chiefs also have opportunities to um, find someone who's been there and done that, which is exactly what you're doing, right? Find Find that mentor that can help them walk through as opposed to feeling like they're on their own all the time. So how do they go about finding a, a mentor um, like you who can um, be their example, can, can give them, as you said, <laughs> learn from, from the pains as well as the, the positive things that you've already been through? Yeah, I think, again, it turns to uh, to being personally proactive in that kind of environment where it affects your own personal life and your growth. Uh, you have to take action about that. And, and so I think getting out to uh, the various fire chiefs meetings, not only in your district or your region, but beyond that, uh, being an active member of the Ontario Association of Fire Chiefs. Uh, I'll share that I was on the board for, for a year there, and that was a tremendous part of my career. It allows you to establish relationships 
beyond the close borders. We all have great relationships with our immediate neighbors. That's natural. You have to work together. You plan mutual aid together. You respond together. So it's natural to develop those kinds of relationships at arms, sort of arms length. But you have to reach beyond that and get outside your comfort zone. Get into those regional meetings, those provincial wide meetings and get involved. I, I can't advocate enough for getting involved. Uh, I mean, everybody is busy. There, there's no one busier than a fire chief. You can never convince me of that now that I've lived it. So it, you have to set time aside and you have to be purposeful about making uh, these connections and building relationships. And of course, everything we do is built on relationships, whether it's with the most junior member of the department that's coming on board, the mayor, or other people outside your organization. So build relationships, get out there, meet people, get involved. And I can't advocate enough for getting involved. The organizations that we have supporting us, um, the Ontario Association of Fire Training Officers, the OFC, all critical organizations to what we do, but they're all busy and they all need help. They all need hands to support what they're doing. So I can't advocate enough for getting out there and building those relationship channels to those other organizations. And so for someone who's looking to become a chief, um, you know, they've got a focus, um, you know, unlike you that was just tapped on the shoulder and said, hey, you're our guy. Um, for, for someone who is, is career-minded and um, sees this as a direction they want to go, um, what are some of the proactive steps they can take to assist them in, in moving forward in their career? Well, I think the biggest one that uh, passes um, a lot of people by is the opportunity to pursue higher education. Again, this is, has to be a purposeful thing in your life. You have to acknowledge and recognize that uh, in today's day and age, um, you know, simply going to the fire college, which is a wonderful wonderful venue and you know of course it's changed but just taking fire centric courses is not enough anymore Uh, many fire chiefs are uh, administrators of multi-million dollar budgets and so advancing your education through university courses is is a critical part of your personal growth and i've always believed that you have to invest in yourself first and foremost you can expect the department to invest in you to a certain degree. But if you're not willing to invest in yourself by putting those extra hours in, by writing those university research papers, by going that extra mile, then I don't think you're going to be as successful as you possibly could be. If you look around the province, you'll see more and more fire chiefs who are graduates of university. And uh, in in some cases, we even see doctors now, um, fire chiefs with doctorates. And uh, that's an amazing thing. It it builds credibility. It shows a work ethic. um, And it it, it can't do you any harm to pursue higher education. So I would really recommend as as one course of action to to think about and plan um, for your own uh, improvements in that sense. And even once you've become a chief, we see a lot of chiefs now being moved into positions like general managers or commissioners, uh, CAOs, um, because they've been able to demonstrate their leadership with one of the larger departments within their municipality. Um, they're, they're seeing those uh, career opportunities. Yeah, it's true. Um I was with one department where I did have the opportunity to be an acting general manager for about 10 months. 
Uh, and that was a wonderful experience as well. Um, as fire chiefs, you can get focused on your job, and it's an important job, but it's important to understand how the rest of the organization works. And you can only do that by getting outside your comfort zone and experiencing those uh, responsibilities in a real way. And so for me, uh, taking the role as the general manager for that brief period of time allowed me to have far greater insights to other uh, aspects of the of the municipal business community, the business sectors within within the community, and so that was an important role for me, just broadening the horizons, so to speak, and uh, an important important thing for us all to understand. Even if we don't ascribe to to doing that on a long term basis, um, if you have the opportunity to step into a role like that, I, I would say go for it for sure. Well, Larry, your your career. Um, uh, which continues on as a mentor and consultant and uh, uh, continuing to touch um, many communities uh, through your leadership um, is certainly being an example of, of for other chiefs and uh, um, you know, your, your mentoring of them has uh, not only touches them, but also touches a, the firefighters and their communities as well. Thank you for taking the time this morning to, to speak with us. If anyone wants to get in touch with uh, Larry about his mentorship, uh, feel free to drop us a, an email or, or give us a call and, and uh, we'll uh, make that connection for you. Well, we're all about making connections here on Conquering Chaos and Mayhem. Larry, I'd like to echo Daryl's thanks. We definitely appreciate your time joining us today. And on behalf of Daryl Colley, I'd like to thank our audience for listening to Conquering Chaos and Mayhem. We'll catch you next time.